Welcome to I Am, I Have, How It Helps, brought to you by Helpful Magazine and Counselling Directory. On today's episode, I have the huge pleasure of talking to Charlene Douglas, a member of the Counselling Directory and also known as the Intimacy Coach. We're going to be talking about love, sex, intimacy and so much more. Before we start today's episode, I wanted to share that Happyful's sister site, Counselling Directory, has thousands of therapists listed who are ready to start working with you online, in person or over the phone. Visit counselling-directory.org.uk to start your search for the right therapist for you today. You can also search the Counselling Directory on our free Happyful app. Now, back to Charlene. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed talking to her. And if you do, please share, rate and review. It makes the world of difference to us. Today's podcast recording is such a treat as I have the pleasure of speaking to counselling directory member and the intimacy coach, Charlene Douglas. Welcome, Charlene. Hello, how are you? I'm really well and I'm really, really excited to be talking to you today and I feel like we're going to have a good, practical but really uplifting chat about sex and intimacy. I think when you have a conversation about sex and intimacy, um, it kind of goes in different directions, doesn't it? But usually we go deep. So I'm really looking forward to to chatting with you today. It's going to be great. But before we start, I'd love it if you could introduce yourself and tell our listeners what they should know about you and your work as an intimacy coach. Okay, so my uh, official title, so I'm a psychodynamic counsellor and a psychosexual therapist, and that's kind of neatly packaged in in that title, the intimacy coach. So my focus is working with individuals and couples around any issue to do with sex and relationships. So it could be erectile dysfunction, orgasm issues, low sexual desire, those types of things. But also you kind of like classic rape relationship issues. So issues around communication, trust, infidelity, that, that type of thing as well. So I work with individuals and couples online and I also deliver workshops as well. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. And obviously I, I do TV work as well, which is uh, where a lot of people know me from. So Married at First Sight and um, I was on TOWIE and The Sex Clinic. So those are the main ones. And, oh, and Good Morning Britain. I always forget that one. Just a few. I mean, just, just a across few. <laughs> a few of those channels. And one of the things before we start, I wanted to touch upon is programmes like Married at First Sight, I feel are, are really interesting for people when they're looking at relationships, because it's so easy sometimes to look from the outside in as just a viewer and see where there might be a, an issue. But for ourselves, sometimes we need that help of someone from the outside of us looking in, which is why I really wanted to talk to you today, because on counselling directory we have seen the amount of inquiries about intimacy and people are searching for terms like sexless marriage or lack of intimacy and that's really grown since the pandemic began for a million reasons so we'd love you to answer some of these questions the most regularly asked questions Shall we start with ourselves? Do you think we can be in a healthy, fulfilled relationship without doing the work on ourselves? I think it's it's vital to do the work on yourself first. I think so often we expect our partners to just know what we enjoy. You know, they need to do what comes natural. Or, you know, it's like take initiative, you know, just, just do what other people do. But we don't know what we enjoy or what we like. Um, so I think it's vital that we do work on ourselves first 
and then we invite a partner into that world so so we're clear what we're communicating to them yeah that's I mean that's a really good point about the work on ourselves but also we change and the the world has changed so how do we get back that relationship with our own selves when so much has gone on in the last 18 months the thing is we're in uh, difficult times still I think so although the pandemic is kind of over mm. I think I say I think because sometimes it feels like it's still pretty much the same although things have changed slightly it's it's difficult isn't it to to move away from our busy lives to be really intentional about our sexual world and our intimate world because we tell ourselves there's no time we're really busy we've got things to do we've got families we've got financial issues we we're trying to get a new job whatever it may be so you do have to kind of spend intentional time just being with yourself to work out what you need what you don't need what you enjoy what you don't enjoy and if you're in a relationship to think about how you progress that relationship you know how you develop that relationship because I think so often we're just so busy, we just don't allow ourselves the time to, to do that. For all of those reasons that you mentioned, you know, jobs, children, parents, responsibilities, yeah. quite often they can come above our own feelings and intimacy with our partners. If someone was listening to this and they are literally thinking, I don't know where to start to be intentional, what would you say to them? I would say if you can find 10, 15 minutes a day to just be with yourself, you know, to not put any pressure to think about anything, you know, let's call it meditation, let's call it mindfulness, let's call it, you know, enjoying time with you, you know, however you want to package that, just some time away from everybody and everything where you can just be with you. And I often say to clients, you know, it's you and your breath, but that's the relationship, you and your breath, and you still, and you just stay with you. Often what happens from that space is that you allow yourself that I suppose you give yourself permission to think about what you enjoy and what feels good oftentimes we don't give ourselves the space to do that and that could be for a number of reasons you know sometimes it's easier to stay busy than it is to actually just sort of sit down and think about what's going on within our own bodies and our own mind it's so much easier to rush to work to go you know to you know to, to do the presentation at work or to you know go grocery shopping or whatever it may be but actually, if I were to say to you, can you just be still? And I know with the clients that I work with, that's sometimes quite difficult to do. I think you've just hit the nail on the head for so many people. We chat to people all the time about what's happening for them and the, the kind of dis-ease of busyness, if you like. We are so busy or we make ourselves so busy that we don't have that time to be with ourselves because actually that can be quite complicated, can't it, when we're thinking about our own desires or, or what we need because perhaps they've been crowded out so much that it feels like a bit of a mountain to climb. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think that we should feel okay about getting help. You know, I think there are, there are countries like America where... You know, it's quite cool to have a therapist. I've had my therapist. Um, I feel like I should start doing the American accent. Now I, after working with Paul Brunson on the show, <laughs> who's actually American, I feel like this fake American accent that I do just isn't the one. But you get my point, right? So in America, they all have this therapist. And in the UK, it's like a secret. It's like, yes, I've just got a meeting. And, you know, in your diary at work, you'll sort of label it as private meeting. Now, I'm not saying that you have to shout it from the rooftops that you're seeing a therapist, but it just shows you the taboo around therapy. 
But, you know, sometimes there are some situations that we go through that it's, it's like a bit of a fog. You know, it's difficult to see it for what it is. And sometimes you do need a facilitator to ask some of those questions that you don't want to ask yourself. So I know for the couples that I work with, where there's issues around, let's say, low sexual desire, which is really common, there are some questions that they may never know to ask themselves, so they can't get to the answer. But when they work with the likes of myself or other psychosexual therapists, we dig deep into, but are you enjoying the type of sex you're having? Or do you feel that maybe what you've learned growing up is impacting how you are sexually, like in terms of your sexual confidence? Because that all plays a part as well. If you've come from a background that's, let's say, quite religious, and you've been told that sex is just to have a baby, or it's something private or secret that you do in marriage, and you're a gay guy, and you're having the most passionate sex, there might be that guilt in the back of your mind that, oh my gosh, like, my parents have kind of said that this was wrong. But you may not know that that's what you feel now, because you've told yourself, no, I'm an adult, I'm enjoying sex, I'm, I love my partner, which is all true. But there's some of those subconscious thoughts that are still there. And so the therapist or facilitator's role is to kind of help you to reach those parts and find the resolution. And you can't always do that by yourself. So I would say be open to getting help and meeting somebody, you know, choosing a therapist that, that works for you. And that's really important because oftentimes people will have one experience with one therapist and it wasn't very positive. And then after that, they're like, no. Nope. I don't want to see another therapist again. They're all the same. And it's like, but everyone's really different. So that's a little plug for therapy. I, I'm really passionate about that. Well, I agree with you. And there's a couple of things in what you said. The first one is the stigma that can remain around therapy. And I think perhaps that's lessened when it comes to individual therapy. But in terms of couples therapy, I think there is still a stigma there around talking about couples therapy and, and perhaps people feeling it's a last resort, whereas it's not a last resort at all. I think that if when you first get with somebody, you know, if people were to access therapy at that point, even if they see a therapist once every fortnight or once a month, they probably would never need therapy, like sort of like weekly, more intensely because of big issues happen because they've had intervention, you know, throughout the time that they've been together. Oftentimes what happens is that people wait until big arguments happened you know but even the, the big argument usually it's like something that's been suppressed for so long they haven't spoken about it it's annoyed them it's like niggling just niggling and then it gets to a stage where it just erupts and that's the stage that they will get in touch with me but at that stage it's like well Charlene like this is the last resort you know we're coming to see you and it's like ah okay pressure they feel like they've tried everything and now the last resort is, is therapy. But I would say if you could do it the other way around, where when you first get with somebody, you know, particularly if you're, if you're going to commit to, let's say, marriage or more of a long-term relationship, that that might be the point to just have some intervention, just to iron out things, to be clear about what your relationship will look like. I, I call it like the, the unsexy parts of the relationship where you sort of discuss, you know, what are my expectations in a relationship? And a lot of people don't have those conversations. But it sounds like that curiosity could be sexy, actually, because it, it moves the blocks that you might encounter later that, that stop that dynamic between the two of you happening. Absolutely. But I just think that we're just not taught to have those conversations. Like it's just 
I, sex is so taboo. Like, you know, I was speaking a bit earlier to, um, to one of my colleagues about my workshop, the Bringing Sexy Back workshop. And the amount of women that are like, oh, I'd love to come to that. So I'm like, okay, I'll see you there. And it's like, uh, yeah, so will I have to kind of like share like my world and stuff? Or can I just sit and listen? And, and there's just so much fear even even though it is a workshop where it's just women you know you can talk very openly about what you feel and oftentimes we think and feel quite similar things like you know within the world of sex I think I say that because I've spoken to so many women and I just, I'm just like okay I relate to that and so does my colleague because you know some of the stories are quite similar but there's still such a taboo around around sex and the intimacy I hope that you know the work that I do and other psychosexual therapists there'll become a there'll be a day where when that's gone but at the moment I think it's really difficult for people to open up and to have some of those conversations. I agree and with with something like a workshop if people can get over the the feeling of perhaps being shy I'm talking from my own point of view I think maybe I would feel a bit shy about coming into that room and, and talking about sex but as you said there is a collective kind of conversation to be had around sex and our experiences of sex and also some of the frequently asked questions which I, I mentioned to you these are we're discussing these not just because one person's asked but because so many people have asked yeah. you know we're not alone and I think Sometimes we can feel like we're the only person that's struggling with intimacy or the only person that's struggling with self-pleasure, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, people often ask me, you know, what led me down this path to become a sex therapist? And I often say that I give a different response depending on, on the audience. Um, and all of the responses are like form part of the truth. But I think if I really had to dig deep into what led me down this path, I'd probably say just feeling frustrated in my own personal world, not being sure, you know, what my body wanted in relation to what my partner was saying that it needed, you know, because there's a message, isn't there, from society around what sex should be. But if your body doesn't respond to that or if, it, if, it, if you find it boring or a bit routine or the orgasms aren't happening the way that it happens on when Harry met Sally then you're kind of thinking to yourself well is there something wrong with me and then you're there google searching you know how to have an orgasm or you know like how to be sexually motivated when my partner comes over or whatever it may be and it's like actually if you just tapped into what your body is saying it needs and be okay with that, then the distress kind of goes. And I suppose that my bringing sexy back workshop, there will be a lot of information. And what I want is for women to say, that doesn't work for me, but I wouldn't mind trying a bit of that. You know, I want them to, to look around and know that there are other women that will share, maybe share stories with them where they can say, oh my gosh, that's my experience too. And my partner's been saying that I'm, you know, strange or whatever it may be. Like that, for me, is what this is about. Sounds like you promote a sense of curiosity um, when it comes to what you like and, and perhaps yeah. what doesn't work for you. And as you said, that's something we're not really taught. So when we get together with somebody else yeah. and they bring to the relationship whatever they've been taught or not taught or the social, cultural influences in their life suddenly we have a collection of different influences that we're not even vocalizing so yeah. in terms of the queries about marriages or relationships that have become 
uh, less intimate or, or the phrase that's used in quite a lot of the questions that we get is, is sexless. Where do people start with that and how can they build intimacy with each other again? So I know that this probably is a very unsexy answer and it's kind of like, you know, when you go to your doctors and you've got a, a symptom and they say, oh, it's stress and they send you on your way and you're just like, oh, not that you want it to be anything medical, but you just think, oh, come on, like, is that just the easy way out? But I feel like with, with, with the answer that I'm going to give now, it's probably going to be <laughs> similar in that communication is, is key you know, communicating with yourself in terms of what you want, communicating with your partner so that they know what it is that you want and just creating that intentional time to, to fit this in. You know, so there are physical intimacy activities that, that I suggest to clients that they can do. But, you know, if you're working 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. Monday to Sunday, then A, you're going to be tired, so your body's not going to respond to the activities. You're probably going to be a bit resentful because you don't really want to do the activities so you do have to find time for your relationship and for yourself like there's no there's no magic pill to to build sexual desire or at least none that i know of you know of course if it's a medical issue then you know that's that's completely different but if we talk about it from a psychological point of view you have to create that space so if you're working from home you know, can you create some time where you and your partner spend a little bit of time together, even have a bit of lunch together? You know, can you finish work a little bit earlier to have a massage, you know, a massage that you, you know, that you give each other? It doesn't always have to be at nighttime when you're both really sleepy. Can it be at 6 p.m. when you both finish work? Can you close the curtains? Can you, not, you know, really get to know each other's bodies? Do things your way. There's a really good book. I believe it's called uh, something like rewrite the rules or something like that and I always use that title when I speak to to clients because I'm like make the rules work for you in terms of sex and intimacy don't follow what quote-unquote society tells you you should be doing because that's where a lot of the distress is I love that answer because as you say following guidance which is prescriptive rather than individual mm. um can lead to as much pressure as the pressure you might be feeling about not having sex I think just being able to listen to to conversations like this and actually be curious that word again start to think about oh could I actually could I actually have a really lovely lunch at home when we're working at home together could we go out for a walk could we have an afternoon quickie in between yeah. meetings if we feel that way or could we just be a bit more affectionate to each other yeah and I think the thing is with all of those things is that you also have to sort of clear up some of the emotional stuff that's going on for you as well because you could so I could suggest to clients okay do this massage activity you know by yourself some like ylang ylang massage oil create that space and I could you know I love this sort of stuff so I can talk about this forever and I could really set the scene but if they don't feel emotionally safe with each other yeah. you know if for example one partner feels the other partner's been really critical of them outside of the bedroom or really judgmental or they feel unheard then doing all those massage activities may not have the desired effect and so it is important to kind of think about like what is it about your partner that you really like and you really enjoy in terms of you know things that they do and say but what are some of the things that really don't do it for you make you feel uncomfortable make you feel uneasy make you feel less than because it's some of those things that are the blocks in terms of intimacy it's very rarely purely about sex is something we've heard quite a lot it's it's quite often what's happened 
at 7.58 that morning when you're trying to get the kids to school and the word that's said as someone walks out of the door that that lingers for the rest of the day. So thank you for sharing that because I think it really normalizes it. It's not just something we can switch on or switch off or follow a pattern or follow a rule book and, and get back, but it is something we need to be intentional about, spend time on and also maybe look at engaging someone like yourself to have safe conversations if if perhaps there is some of those elements where the communication between the two of you isn't quite working absolutely and what I would say about couple therapy and I know that lots of therapists do this in different ways but the way I work is that I also offer clients the opportunity as a couple to see me individually as well so we can sometimes start with like an individual session first so that they've got space to really be honest and open and unfiltered in terms of what they think and feel about the relationship, about their partner, about themselves. And then we come together so that we can then pick it and unpack it properly. But that space, you know, sometimes couples find that space really powerful because it just means before we get together as a couple, they can just sort of spill everything out in terms of what they're feeling. And yeah, and I suppose just to plug therapy again, it's not for everyone, but I think that if you choose not to go down a route of therapy, then you really have to put in the work in terms of maybe online research and go into reliable sources as well online to get the information that you need to, to build a, a better relationship, a more intimate relationship. That's fantastic. And one of the things we'll do in the um, the show notes for this is we'll add in some of those and obviously your website and some of the books that you've mentioned as well because I think it is the kind of thing that a lot of people are looking for support with sometimes there's so much you know and we all know there's so many products we could buy or you know books we could buy but actually trying to filter it down and take that pressure off is is just as important I think the final thing is what three things would you say to a listener who wants to increase intimacy and sex in their lives right now so a lot of the people who listen to this are walking the dog or they're perhaps going out for a run and they're listening to this podcast when they're having a bit of their own time so they're going to switch off this podcast and you want them to think or do three things what would they be again probably not very sexy things but they I I, I guarantee you they these things work when you really put the effort in so spending intentional time alone doing something fun, but thinking about things that can stimulate your senses. So for example, going for a walk is really lovely, but being really present in the moment when you're going for a walk. So you are you know, looking at the river as you're walking past, you're noticing how green the trees are, you're noticing the smell of nature as you're walking. So you're really in the present moment. I think there's something really powerful about that. I would say the second thing is to connect with your partner, have those conversations that might be a bit uncomfortable. There are lots of relationship and sex quiz cards that you can buy for like, I'm plugging everything, but I've got my own little sex- Plug away. (laughs) Got my own little sex quiz cards here um, that you can buy on my website. And it helps to generate those conversations around, around sex and around relationships that can be quite difficult to start without kind of a bit of a, a, a bit of help. So relationship cards, sex quiz cards to start the conversation to talk about sex, to talk about intimacy with your partner. And the third thing is that together you have to make time. So whether it's the date night, every Friday night that you alternate in terms of who initiates uh, the idea of what you're going to do for that that night, Uh, you make it fun and interactive. It doesn't always have to be heavy where you're sitting in a restaurant talking about 
anything bad that's going on in your relationship, but you could do something fun, like make a dessert together or dance together or write a poem together. So just something interactive to build on not just the physical intimacy, but the emotional intimacy. So those three, doing something with yourself, something mindfulness related tasks by yourself, communicating with your partner, what you want, what your desires are, maybe use sex and relationship cards to help. And the third thing, being intentional, but making it happen, maybe through a date night. They're brilliant. Thank you. And I have to say, the word that came into my mind when you were talking about the cards, and there's something that I've bought and used before, is is playfulness. And also, when you're using cards, it's not you coming up with the question. So anything that you've had a row about, or something that's a sticking point, if you pull out a random card, and that's the question, it doesn't feel like it comes with any intent yeah there's there's something which is a little bit random about it and if it if it taps into something you've been talking about well great but actually it it can lower the defenses I found in in my experience those kind of prompts to start talking Uh, yeah 100% agree with that I think that you know oftentimes it's difficult to know where to start when it comes to having these types of conversations um, and it's difficult then to be playful when you feel maybe nervous or a bit yeah, defensive or you feel that you're being attacked, you know, in terms of what your partner's saying. So I, I love that word playfulness. And it's a word that I use um, a lot. And the Bringing Sexy Back workshop, what I want is an air of fun and playfulness. I want, you know, women, if they feel comfortable, to be able to share some of their experiences I will probably be sharing a lot about my own experiences probably more than I've ever shared in any other platform because I really want my experience to help others too so playfulness absolutely love that word so we've talked a bit about this workshop tell us so it's on the November the yeah so it's Saturday the 13th of November um, at the Grand Connaught Rooms in Holborn so it's a beautiful hotel in Holborn I have two special guests there as well which I'm really excited about so I've got Bondara, who are a online sex shop. I always feel like I move away from saying the word sex shop because of the taboo around sex shops from back in the day. But yeah, they they have some really great products and they will be talking about sex toys for women that have maybe issues around orgasms or low sexual desire or painful sex. So they'll look at different uh, sex toys, kind of how to use them, which way up they go, that kind of kind of thing that could be a bit awkward sometimes. Massage oils, lubricants, they would kind of have conversations about that. Um, and then we've got Taylor Match. So they specialise in two areas. They, they are a dating matchmaking company. So they yeah, obviously help singles to find the one, much like we did on uh, Married at First Sight. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they do that. And then they also focus on sensuality, kink, BDSM, and helping people to kind of understand what it's about, you know, that it's not necessarily something to be afraid of. You know, you choose the bits you want to do or you don't do it at all. But I think knowledge is power. And that's the idea for the event that, you know, you will find out about things. You'll find out about audio erotica. You'll find out about the power of sensual touch. You'll find out why you avoid penetrative sex you know maybe because you're not enjoying it maybe because you know it doesn't do anything to you sexually you know we will discuss it and we'll explore it and you'll go away from that workshop a different person <laughs> very different from when we were at school when we learned when we had sex education let's I'll tell you that I mean it sounds amazing and just what you're saying about what we learned at school a couple of the things you said there about sex toys and using them if perhaps you have painful sex you know that is something perhaps 
some people wouldn't feel comfortable talking about but you know if if you do have some concerns around penetration because whether it's painful sex or you have issues around maybe it's endometriosis and you have a lot of abdominal pain so that that sex is it can feel like a bit of a minefield you know actually being able to talk with other women and talk about sex toys rather than it being medicalized I think that's where we miss out on the conversation sometimes I mean absolutely I I still feel like we're told as women that we we shouldn't have sexual pleasure like the pleasure is for if you're in a heterosexual relationship the pleasure is for the guy and you just you know guys always want sex and we just you know join in but I think that actually lesbian couples probably show us how to do it oftentimes because I think the statistics show that lesbian couples have good foreplay you know orgasms and I think that heterosexual couples can learn a thing too um, from from lesbian couples as well I think that there is so much taboo around sex still um it has got better I have to say that when I think about the likes of Instagram and Facebook I still you know when I'm posting anything to do with sex education I still have to you know in the word sex I still have to replace the e with the, the number three I noticed that yeah right because they yeah they will take it down or they'll shut it down um, which I'm just like, come on, you know, this is the reason why we're in this position where it's so taboo, where you can't even put anything educational around sex without it being taken down. I mean, I could talk about this forever, but, you know, I just feel like, you know, an Instagram page that gives information, like factual information around sex and intimacy, you shut that down, but we're not shutting down, you know, certain sites that allow other material, let's say. I, I just I just find it shocking. Charlene, I think Happiful and the Intimacy Coach should team up on a proper bring sexy back. Stop oh. banning it from, <laughs> from the ads. That's disgraceful. <laughs> I have loved talking to you today. I've loved oh, watching surprise. you on the programmes and I, I love your approach. I would really encourage yeah. everyone to go and look at your Instagram. You've got some great conversations on there with people who are coming along to the event. Can you just share where people can find you? Obviously, they can find you on the counselling directory, but yes. where can they find your website? My website is theintimacycoachuk.com, which is a bit of a mouthful. But hopefully, if you type in Charlene Douglas to in Google, you'll find lots of different websites uh, where I appear. Instagram handle is Charlene Douglas official in terms of bringing sexy back in terms of buying tickets so you can buy tickets via the Eventbrite link on my website and I did notice that you were talking on one of your Instagram lives about potentially doing ones in the future in places like Manchester and around the UK so hopefully this will be the the first of of many calls to bring sexy back so I've really enjoyed this and um, I hope we talk again soon Definitely. It's been lovely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great talking to you today. Thank you for listening to I Am, I Have. Don't forget to check out the counselling directory or download the free Happful app. And we'd really love it if you could rate, review and subscribe to our podcast too. Before you go, I wanted to let you know that on the Happful app, we have information about where you can find mental health support should you need it. If you need immediate help, the Samaritans are open 24 hours a day seven days a week on 116-123 or you can email joe at samaritans.org. Help is available. This podcast is hosted and produced by me, Lucy Donoghue for Happful. I hope you'll listen again soon.